0: group slipped through the secret door to find a bedchamber with scarlet cloth drapes covering the walls. The furnishings included a comfortable-looking bed, a wooden chest at the foot of the bed, and a small writing desk with matching chair. Sitting at the desk was a short, dark-bearded human male in robes, studying a tome. He wore a princely mantle of ermine. Briefly startled, he looked up. "'Ah, oh, my good gentleman, please come in and join me,' he said." As he grabbed the beautiful glass staff that was leaning against his chair to stand, the group began interrogating Glassstaff as he tapped his staff on the floor and suggested that they put that nasty business behind them, trying to assure them that he could explain everything and that they should have a seat and make themselves comfortable. After some back and forth with the group, Ivor eventually attacked him, but his blades bounced off Glassstaff's magical shield. Still trying to calm the group down, Glastaff confirmed his identity as Yarno Albrecht and a member of the Lord's Alliance. Attilius cast magic missile at Yarno, but his missiles fizzled as they hit Yarno's shield. Yarno cast hold person on Ivor, and again suggested that they relax, suggesting that there was no need to resort to violence. However, Ivor's will was unwavering. Yarno then cast hold person on Attilius, who found himself held fast, but only briefly. With Lathander's guidance, Turnim tried to take the staff from Yarno's hand, but found himself paralyzed by Yarno's whole Person, Ivor, Pippin, and Lee kept up their attacks, but struggled to get through Yarno's shield. Turnim freed himself of Yarno's hold as Lee finally struck Yarno with an arrow. Glassstaff decided to make one more attempt, noting that Malla had left the door open and he could see his way to Misty Step out of danger. He decided to cast Charm Person on Lee, who was drawing an arrow. Lee suggested that they should all relax and talk this out like friends. The rest of the group was only momentarily puzzled. Meanwhile, Ivor maintained his assault and broke through Iarno's shield with two deep gashes, dropping glassstaff where he stood. Turnham told Pippin to gag and bind Iarno as he stepped forward to prepare to spare the dying. However, Pippin was enraged and stabbed Iarno viciously in the groin, disemboweling him. Examining Iarno, Turnum could tell he was beyond spare. Turnum was upset that they would not be able to bring Iarno back to Sildar for questioning, but that opportunity had passed. Attilius grabbed the glass staff that now lay on the floor. After killing Iarno, Ivor popped open the chest. When Malla tried to pack up the treasure, Ivor attacked her slashing her with one of his swords, as she dodged his other blade. Ternim, Lee, and Atilius all jumped in to intervene, yelling at Ivor to stop. Ivor was belligerent, saying she was trying to take his money. Everyone confirmed that they had all agreed previously that Mala would hold the money. Turnim scolded Ivor, saying that even if that had been the case, it was no excuse to attack Mala or anyone in the group. Finally, Ivor backed down. Malla packed up the treasure... Giving Attilius a wand and a jar of spell components, Attilius investigated the neatly stacked papers and notes on Yarno's desk. Most consisted of orders to apothecaries and alchemists for materials. Among the paperwork, they found a letter signed with the black spider's symbol. Lord Albrick, my spies of Neverwinter tell me that strangers are due to arrive in Fandolin. They could be working for the dwarves. Capture them if you can. Kill them if you must but don't allow them to upset our plans. See that any dwarven maps in their possession are delivered to me with haste. I'm counting on you, Yarno. Do not disappoint me. After completing a thorough search of the room, the group listened at the door across the room. They heard faint bubbling and dripping sounds. Entering, they found what appeared to be a wizard's workshop with a large work table set up with a retorts, distillation coils, and other alchemical devices, all of it stewing and bubbling away. Bookshelves were crowded with sheets of parchment and strange-looking tomes. As Attilius began to examine the alchemical mixtures on the work table, it became apparent to him that Yarno must have been trying to brew potions of invisibility, but appeared to have been unsuccessful. He then moved on to the bookshelves and investigated the books and notes scattered around the room. Found basic texts on alchemy and a tome written dwarvish, which Turnham was able to translate. While translating, Turnham also found a note in the book, and in order to seal this pact, did the dawn god Lethander bestow upon the gathered folk a Fandalver, a great boon, the mace Lightbringer, hammer of the dawn. With it, would the forge of spells be defended against all ill. Confident that they had searched the workshop completely they listened at the door in the south wall. Hearing nothing, they went through to find themselves in a narrow corridor at the bottom of a flight of stairs, across from another door. Through the door, they could hear the sounds of talking and movement. After confirming that the stairs led up to the crevice chamber, they burst through the door. Inside, they saw several worn tables and chairs scattered around a large room. Wooden benches were drawn up, against walls decorated with draperies of brown and red, and several ale kegs were propped up and tapped. Four surprised but tough-looking humans, wearing scarlet cloaks, were gathered around one of the tables. A stack of coins and trinkets were heaped upon the table between them. Turinim immediately began shouting to the Redbrands to lay down their weapons, and that they come in peace. The Redbrands, obviously intoxicated, attacked, but the group finished them quickly. Malice shoveled the valuables from the table into her sack. Pippin listened at the door in the south wall. Hearing nothing, they opened it and passed into a 15-foot corridor. At the end was another door, and the corridor turned left and went up another staircase to the crevice chamber. Listening at the next door, they heard several gruff voices barking orders. Entering, they saw what looked like a barracks, containing four roughly built wooden bunks, with heaped-up blankets and dirty dishes scattered about. The strong smell of unwashed bodies and rotten meat filled the air. Three tall, furry humanoids were lounging among the mess, barking orders at a sad little goblin that demeaned itself for their amusement. Upon the group's entrance, the goblin fell to the floor, appearing to faint. Then it picked its head up and smiled, shouting, TURRY NIM! The group recognized him as Snoke. Before Ternim could reply, the bugbears attacked. Ivor and Malla rushed in swinging, wounding the bugbears, but were quickly put down by a bugbear each before they could finish them. Pippin rolled in and snuck in an attack, but quickly retreated to the hallway to join Lee, shooting arrows. Tillius threw firebolts with moderate success. Ternim dived in to stabilize Malla. Two bugbears ran out to the hallway after Lee and Pippin. The last bugbear swatted at Atilius, who scrambled around the room, throwing his firebolt as best he could, knowing that one shot from the bugbear's mighty morning star would probably crush him. Pippin leaped up the stairs while Lee fled through the Redbrand's quarters, towards the Yarno's workshop, slamming the doors behind him. The bugbear split up and followed both of them. Pippin leaped over the southern bridge, towards the secret door leading to the cellar. When the bugbear followed him furiously, the bridge collapsed beneath him, and he dropped to the bottom of the crevice. Seeing this, Pippin turned and ran towards the north bridge. In the hallway, Lee opened the door to Yarno's workshop, but fled up the stairs. The bugbear pursuing him continued on into the workshop, where he was surprised to find Yarno's remains. Lee and Pippin met up on the northern side of the crevice and headed back to where they had left the others. Meanwhile, Attilius was very lucky dodging the bugbear's swings while Turnham was able to bring Malla back to consciousness. Maller urged Turnham to save Ivor as well, and Turnin reluctantly agreed. Finally, Attilius finished the bugbear with a firebolt to the face. Once Lee and Pippin returned, they all, including Snog, went out to the crevice room. When they got there, the last bugbear had just entered from the stairway to the workshop and was reaching down to help the fallen bugbear back up. The party shot him down, and he fell by the side of the crevice. The bugbear that had been trying to climb up fell back down into the crevice. As the group went to investigate the two bugbears, they could see that the bugbear at the bottom of the crevice was dead, and they heard moaning coming from the north, across the bridge. The other bugbear looked like he might be alive. Ivor stuck his swords into the bugbear, finishing him for good. Turnum was again aggravated with Ivor for not allowing them to question the bugbear. Turnum and Attilius went to investigate the moaning. They found a red brand crawling towards them. Help me, he pleaded. Who are you? Turnham asked. My name is Franz. You tried to kill us. We are guarding the prisoners. You killed my partner. After some debate, Turnham bandaged Franz and promised to bring him back to town.